Hi, I'm Bob Garlick, your host. Welcome to Season 3 of the Business Book Talk podcast. On each show, we will discover another great book that can help you improve yourself and your business. So, I invite you to sit back and enjoy this week's author and find out what makes this book a great read. Hey everybody, Bob again. I've got a crazy book in front of me. Social media is bullshit. Brandon, yes. let's talk a little about the book. In, in like, a, you know, 30 seconds or less, <laughs> what, what's the book about? And then we can d- dive right in and get some details. The book is about how social media marketers are repackaging stuff that may or may not work for people and making a killing doing it. Okay, that sounds like classic. Um, they've been doing that for a long time. Yes, they have. Um, so it, is the book um, more of a book like it's, it's a warning or it uh, takes stuff with a grainish salt? How would, how would you do that? Well, the best way to put it is I did, a, I did a book reading in Burlington, Vermont, back when the book came out in September. And this woman came up to me at the end and she was crying. And I was like, well, you know, I tell jokes, and that's usually, that's my default setting. You know, I, I go out, and I tell jokes, and then occasionally I'll, I'll say something interesting. And so I said to her, I, "Well, I hope I, I didn't offend you." And she goes, "No, I, I feel stupid." I said, "Why do you feel stupid?" And she goes, "I've spent so much money on this stuff, and I've seen no results, and I didn't say anything because I thought I would be the only one." And that's really why the book was written. It was for exact because that's what I keep hearing time and time again is, you know, I thought I was alone and now I have this book and I know that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it is it is interesting. You know, a lot of times I, I do do uh, some social media marketing for people. And a lot of the times it's they have this delusional thing. It's like, hey, great, I'm going to become, get on Facebook and now I'm going to drop all my other marketing. I'm not going to stop networking. And I said, no, 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 no. Social media is one of many, many tools you're going to have to use and it's got to be attached to a strategy and it's not a magic bullet. And I think that's the problem with social media. It's being hyped or overhyped saying, look, if you just become a master on Twitter or if you just become a specialist here, then you don't have to worry about anything else. So that's a little on the misleading side. I, I definitely feel that. Well, you know what kills me is that uh, – well, there's a couple of things. <laughs> like I, I yeah, said they that. say, here's a list of things that kill me. Exactly. I, I was like, okay, here's 50 different things I could throw at you. Uh, I'm going to give you two. The central issue, the reason why the book came out the way that it did and sounds the way that it does, uh, is that in every town across North America, and I found just recently this is happening in the United Kingdom – is that there are people with absolutely no experience whatsoever when it comes to marketing or anything even remotely resembling marketing. And they made themselves into social media experts. And so they go to the Chamber of Commerce and they do these presentations on LinkedIn and they call up the CEO of every major local company. I could think of one social media author. Uh, she wrote The Zen of Social Media or whatever it is that you can find on Amazon. And she, a friend of mine runs a company that is a multi-million dollar business and she has emailed him almost nonstop talking about different things that social media can do for him. And I know that there's a couple of people in the New York Times who have told me that there's a guy, and I, I'm not going to throw him, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to plug his book in any remote way, shape or form, uh, where he consistently emails them about the, the glory of social media. 
So, you know, there's that. And then at the same time, there's the people that these uh, experts are taking their cues from, like Gary Vaynerchuk and Brian Solis and Scott Monty, uh, who have no credibility whatsoever in really any form. And we can talk about that. And so it's really like just this giant, you know, I call it the asshole-based economy because uh, that's really what it is, is that you've got people who are peddling this magic bullet who have no deal. They have no idea. It's not My position is not that these platforms don't work. I have strong opinions about some of the platforms, like Google Plus in particular. Uh, my position is that you really have to take a step back, like you said, and really figure it out and look at what the data tells you. But we have these people who don't have any sort of experience whatsoever in the field uh, who are peddling these magic bullets, and then the people they're taking their cues from are even worse because they've it's almost like a pyramid scheme where they've been making a ton of money off of all these alleged experts out there who are buying up the bigger experts' books. And it's just it's such a massive clusterfuck that I really hope that I was in some small way able to clean it up. Mm. Well, you know, what's interesting is that um, I think a lot of times a lot of people that are making money on the Internet right now uh, with uh, social media, with airmarks, um, they're making all the money by teaching people. They're not actually making the money by taking a business and using social media in a viable way to build that business. They're basically saying, hey, you know, social media is great. Why don't I teach you? I'm going to charge you a thousand bucks or whatever it is. And they get 30 people in a room. They make $30,000. And they say, hey, I make a ton of money with social media. No, you're not. You're making a ton of money teaching people about social media. Please show me a bunch of businesses that are actually doing well with social media. And there are a ton of businesses out there that are doing it. Yes. They're yes. not doing what you're teaching them. That's <laughs> the difference. So, yeah, so, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this too because I, I do lots of stuff. And I, you know, one of the, the, the platforms that's out there is like, you know, if you give it all away and you educate people and they understand you and they trust you, then they're going to do business with you. And I think that makes a lot of sense. What doesn't make a lot of sense is somebody that really doesn't know what they're talking about saying something like, let me spend three hours with you and I'm going to make you a, or, or eight hours with you and I'm going to make you a social media specialist. I think that that's what the book's all about is those type of people and not the real marketers, the people that have years and years of experience on multiple platforms uh, and, and ways of, of marketing and basically screwing it for everybody in the marketing business. I couldn't say I couldn't say that any better myself. I think. Yeah, geez, up. I should write a book. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about um, your aha moment. You know, I ask this with all the writers. You know, you're writing the book. You're you're you've got lots of you've got your um, your goal. But as you're writing the book, you have an aha moment, a, a time that something really hits home as 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 a truth. What was that for you? Well, I was. So to give you some background, when I was writing this book, I was in a small studio apartment in Glens Falls, New York with my ex-wife. And Glens Falls is pretty typical of a Canadian or most of America in terms of like our cities. You know, it's not like New York or San Francisco. It's, it's a small city. Uh, everyone's very friendly and outgoing. And uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful little place, even though I, I make fun of it mercilessly. Uh, so... And during the time I was writing the book, there was a search engine marketing firm, and I'm not going to, they are pretty uh, litigious, so I'm not going to name names here, but there was a search engine marketing firm in Glens Falls, and they had the market cornered. You know, They got in early back when you were able to buy up 
uh, pretty good domain names, and then they sort of created these portals and forced people into having to be linked in these portals. So they had a little bit of a shell game going on the SEO front. And as I was writing the book, I noticed that they were very quickly changing the social media. And so you had these SEO people who had absolutely no experience in social media doing these presentations. They did one at the uh, SUNY Adirondack, is the State University of New York Adirondack is the college up in Queensbury, New York, which is next to Lens Falls. And they were doing these morning seminars for all of the local businesses on social media. And I went to a couple of them and I noticed that within about 30 seconds, they had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. But the crowd, it, it was packed. The auditoriums were packed for each one that they did and everyone was kind of eating it up. And that was kind of the, that was kind of the aha moment because it was happening right in my own backyard. You know, it, you expect in places like New York and San Francisco and Toronto and even London to a lesser extent uh, for this sort of thing to happen. You know, there, there's always going to be people, especially in marketing, there's always going to be people packaging stuff and then rebranding it and then declaring it to be something new. I mean, this is, if you look at uh, the book Propaganda or Crystallizing Public Opinion by Edward Bernays, you know, they came out in the 20s. And if you go and look at any new marketing or PR book, you find that they're generally restating what Bernays said at, at, way back at the beginning of the 20th century. And so to see it happening in my backyard, though, in a small, unsuspecting town, and to see all the people going, yes, absolutely, you know, Glens Falls, you know, it's not a strong economy. The upstate New York economy is piss poor at best. And to see all those people going, yes, social media is the thing that's going to save me. I was like, this is, this is exactly why I'm writing the book. This right here, I, I am living it, I am sitting in it, and I'm seeing it in action. Mm. Well, okay, so we kind of, now that you know our listening artist is all in shock and is throwing away all their social media books. Um, what, Which they should do. Yeah. What, what, um, what should people be doing? Can, can, uh, can we talk a little bit about the, the BS meter? Yeah. How can you tell if you're being BS and how can you tell if the person's worth listening to? So I always start at the top when I, when I get that question. Uh, just recently I got into this whole thing and I'm going to read to you a quick excerpt. Hang on one second. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, so I'm a big pro wrestling fan. Okay. I, I make no secret of that. Uh, you know, I, my, my loves in life are, uh, a woman named Jackie Benz, uh, Rush, and um, and being able to play Bullshit Detector. Nice. Uh, like those, are, those are my big things. And then pro wrestling, is it falls in there. And there used to be a saying in pro wrestling from a guy named Nature Boy Ric Flair, uh, which is to be the man, you have to beat the man. So when it comes to social media, uh, the man is very much a gentleman known as uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm, yep. And, and so Gary, since and I can give you a whole bunch of stuff on him, uh, Gary, since the beginning, has been propped up as this self-made social media success story. So on my website right now, there's there's an article. It's called "A Few Points Were Wrong," but now there's a whole lot of questions about Gary Vaynerchuk. And I linked this video where he is questioning the return on investment of advertising. He's he's arguing that you should use social media. Because you know you don't have to spend as much money and you get a greater return on investment and you don't really you don't really know what you're getting from advertising and that you shouldn't you shouldn't basically do traditional advertising. So I have a link to that video and I can send that to you if you want to put it in the show notes. But if you look literally in the first chapter, and I'm going to read this little excerpt for me for you, in the first chapter of his book Crush It, he talks about how he grew his father's liquor store 
And here's what he said. Now, keep in mind, he just gave a speech, and you can actually see him saying this a lot of times, questioning the return on investment of traditional advertising, taking the position that you shouldn't spend the money on it, okay? With that in mind, here's the excerpt from the book. Here's how fast change has taken hold. I helped take my dad's local liquor store, Shoppers Discount Liquors, and blew it up from $4 million to $50 million in eight years, 1998 to 2005. I'm proud of that. But aside from a ton of hard work, it took millions of dollars in advertising with the New York Times and Wine Spectator and other publications as well as radio stations and local TV. Yeah, well, that it's that's what it does take. So the fact that he's sitting there and actively arguing you should be using social media and you, you shouldn't be spending money on advertising – while Simon, you know, and then questioning, that's the whole thing, is questioning the return on investment of advertising, and then simultaneously saying in his book in the first chapter, I grew my father's business using traditional advertising. That, to me, is fucking bullshit. Yeah, well, I think the thing is with a guy like Gary, and, you know, I, I used to watch his wine show, which was pretty amazing. You know, when he <laughs> did the, the five wines every day. I mean wine tasting for five days. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think he's a really astute, smart business person and he's a hell of a marketer and he's an even better of a salesperson. Right. What Gary's really, really good at is, um, sales and marketing. If you're really good at sales and marketing and you're a closer, social media is a boon to you. If you're not willing to go out there and work like a dog and be putting 80 hours a week into your business, then you're not going to be that successful regardless if you use traditional media or if you use uh, the new media for, for marketing. My issue, you know, and I totally agree with you. He is, look, he's, he's a charming guy. I don't have a problem with him personally. I just, I have issues with going out there and telling people, well, you shouldn't spend money on advertising. It doesn't work while simultaneously saying, well, advertising does work, and that's how I grew my father's business. Uh, that's, that's my issue. It's stuff. And then there's other things that he's done uh, that we can get into that were along those lines, where he was saying one thing and then doing something else. And, and that, to me, you know, when you talk about what works and what doesn't when it comes to social media, these are the guys that we're taking our cues from. You know, these are the ones that are often propped up. Like I said, he's the man when it comes to social media. So when you, when you talk about what actually works, the truth is, you know, I, I always say this to people, like when, when we talk about Twitter, I always say this to people, how many of the people following you can you contact right now? Like if I put, like if I put a gun to your head and said, give me the phone numbers of five of your Twitter followers and then tell me something about them, can you do that? And if the answer is no, then you're not getting the most out of being there. Absolutely. Because it, it's a very good platform for disseminating news. I think everyone at this point has kind of come to an agreement. Even people who are skeptical of Twitter uh, have come to, the, to, to an agreement saying, yes, this is very good for spreading information. But what I tell people is, and this is true for any platform, it doesn't matter who's following you or how many people are following you if you don't really know who those people are. And if you look at how... And this is true for many. It's not, you know, I'm not, I don't mean to single him out at this point, but if you look at the success of Wine Library TV and the success of his first book with Gary Vaynerchuk, you can see very clearly, and this is true for who the individual who's maintaining his Wikipedia page is actually a customer of his, all of those people were customers of his father's liquor store. 
And mm-hmm. he, know, he knew those people in person. He knew their name. He knew their phone number. And that's been true for a lot of the so-called viral success stories out there where there was this huge offline network that was in place because of good customer service and good sales. And that's what fueled the online growth. And so that, to me, is really what works. But you rarely hear about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it goes all the way back to the adage. If you go to an, uh, a seminar and somebody says uh, on their, their marketing for that particular seminar, um, hey, come and learn how, how social media can work for you. They don't want to hear, oh, by the way, guys, you're going to have to be working really hard. You're going to have yep. to use redic- uh, real media. You're going to have to spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 minimum if you're a small business in traditional marketing plus 40 to 60 hours a week using social media, have three full-time staff doing social media for each platform. They don't want to hear that because exactly. they can't afford that. And that's the thing that I, that's the BS that bugs me about the social media uh, industry right now is nobody's really telling the cold, hard facts. It's like, yeah, social media is fantastic. It's amazing. It's just amazing as having a website. Do you have a website? <laughs> yes. How much money does that website make you? I don't know. Well, then the website is bullshit. And that's the the problem. It's like, okay, how many uh, newspaper ads are you doing? Well, when I see a deal, I do one or two a week. Then your print media is bullshit. Basically, people don't know how to market and nobody's te- teaching people how to market. And marketing is real hard. Um, right. And I think that the problem is, is in the North American market, everybody's so damn lazy. You know, oh, I'm going to start a business and sit in my butt and the phone's going to ring off the hook. And then they would get pissed off when somebody's successful because they're out there. They're networking every day. They're shaking hands. They're building a community. People know them. And if they know them, they're going to trust them. That's right. That's exactly it. And it's amazing to me. But the, I think the problem is you have these. It's like my experience at South by Southwest. You know, I went down there. I was on a panel with for uh, Adobe talking about is basically it was supposed to be is marketing BS, and it quickly it quickly turned into let's talk to Brandon about his book, <laughs> uh, and, and that was fine because you know I, I love the attention. Obviously, but, I mean, look, you don't you don't put yourself out there to the public and appear on television and do interviews and everything else unless you you have that like biological need to have someone pay attention to you. I really believe that. Uh, so I totally, I totally cop to that. But on the panel, you know, it very quickly became, you know, is social media BS, and if if not, why? And I noticed that none of them wanted to really talk about the offline stuff. And I noticed in the crowd that it was mostly social media marketers, and they were all sort of agreeing with each other and nodding and going, "Yes, absolutely, this stuff." And I found that South by Southwest Interactive, and it's true for a lot of, it's not, you know, not just that conference, but a lot of the conferences, they almost act like these echo chambers where it's the same old people who are coming out. It's like, you know, guys like Scott Monty and Chris Brogan and, and Gary Vaynerchuk and Guy Kawasaki and Brian Salsa. I can, you know, I obviously can <laughs> name all of them. Uh, but, you know, they come out, they say the same old thing to the same old people, and they all sort of pat each other on the back and go, yes, this is wonderful. And so questioning isn't really like a priority. I had a conversation with the guys who do uh, Blog World with New Media Expo. And the conversation went like this. It was like, Brandon, we, you know, we want you to come out and say social media is BS and, and challenge these people. The, the issue is we, you know, we want you to debate someone in doing that and we can't get anyone on stage to debate you. Because uh, no, they don't. They don't want to. They don't want to have. You know, they'll get on stage with someone like Andrew Keen because Andrew Keen is part of that 
Silicon Valley click, you know, they all know who he is. They know that he's really more or less in it for his speaker's fees. Uh, they won't get on stage with someone like me who's got nothing to lose, who's completely transparent. And it's not that I'm being aggressive. You know, a lot of people have confused, you know, I'm a humor writer. So when you read the book, you can you can tell that there's, <laughs> there's like a line in there about uh, the people who use LinkedIn are fucking creepy. Uh, is one of the lines in the book. And so like that it's meant to be funny. You know, it's not meant to be like, oh wow, you know, these people are, are really creepy, but this is something we need to investigate. So there's not this critical thinking that happens and they don't even want to get on stage with someone like me who is calling them out and saying, you know, look, yeah, let, let's talk about this. So if you look at a website like social media today, you know, I, I follow them because really what I've done these days is I'm monitoring what, what's happening so that I can blog about it and say, whoa, look at this BS. But if you look at social media today, go and see if you can find someone disagreeing with one another or see if you can find someone saying something that's counter to the narrative. And about 99% of the time you can't because they all kind of have this incentive to lie and they all have this incentive of of being a part of this industry that kind of rewards that. I mean, if you look at all of the big heroes, like if you look at all of the big people in social media, you have Gary Vaynerchuk, who's an example, you know, and then, like I said, there's, there's other things about Gary we can talk about. You have Brian Solis, who wrote in 2007 the Social Media Manifesto, and he put that out and he peddled it. And then he turned around later and said, I'm not a social media expert. Well, hey, wait a second. Brian Solis, the same dude who wrote the Social Media Manifesto, is now telling you because it's you know the favorable thing to do. I'm not a social media expert. Then you've got a guy Kawasaki who was going out telling people to be honest and authentic on Twitter, and that you should write all of your updates. And then he was caught red-handed hiring ghostwriters to update his Twitter account, which he then later turned around and went, went, oh, I, I totally embrace that. And then you've got guys like Dave Kirpin who went and they told people. Social media is a thing that can make your dreams come true. Social media is a thing that got my book onto a New York Times bestsellers list. And then I outed him on stage, which is part of the reason why social media marketers won't get on stage with me. I outed him on stage as having bulk purchased 10,000 copies of his book, which got him to be on the New York Times bestsellers list, which revealed that social media had nothing to do with it. So, I mean, when we talk about this industry, you know, we've got these great platforms, but we've got... These guys at the top, and they're mostly guys. You know, there's, there's a couple of women in there. There's Mary Smith and uh, Amy Jo Martin, uh, both of whom, again, you know, credibility is an issue. We've got these people at the top who are less than honest, who were successful for reasons that go well beyond social media, who are selling social media advice. And it goes unquestioned because this industry does not want to question anything. Well, I think the problem is there's a lot of preaching to the choir. Right. Um, and uh, with any new industry, and that's the other big problem right now, is social media, the internet, it is moving so incredibly fast. Things are changing, you know, month to month instead of year by year. Um, way back in the day when uh, I remember websites came out, that took years and years for it to develop. And, and for, you know, there were experimenters and there were people that are ultra successful and there were people that failed at it. And even today, websites are probably built... Um, with not a lot of um, strategy behind them. And that's just the way people are. Everybody's looking for shortcuts. And social media right now is the biggest biggest hype shortcut out there. And it's not a shortcut. It's just a lot of the same stuff that you've got to do. you got to put the work and effort into it. So 
Let's talk a little bit about, uh, because you did mention a guy that, that um, bought a bunch of books to get himself on the, the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. And I think this is a problem that's um, the same level with social media is writing books. There's something like 75,000 new books are published every day, and most of them are bullshit. <laughs> Not because they're uh, touting the wrong thing, it's because the, you know somebody just decided, hey, I'm going to write a book. There, there's no effort, and if they're... If they are writing a book, they went to some seminar where a guy said, write a book and I'll, I'll put you on the top of Amazon using these tricks. That's not yep. why you write a book. You write a book to educate people. You write a business book to help businesses become better businesses. I mean, that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to try and get people reading more. Do you think it's the same problem? And this is kind of a little off topic, but do you think it's the same problem with the book industry that the social media industry oh, has? Absolutely. Um, let me give you Let me give you a good example. So the backstory to social media is bullshit is that I started researching it in 2009. Um, for people who haven't picked up the book, I mean, I'm going to grab a copy just so I can. You sure. know, my, it's I, a tome. It's so big. Right. I'm just it's kidding, only, right? It's like 226 pages or something. Yeah. So it ends on, so the book ends literally on page 179. Okay. Like it's not a big book. The book ends on 179. And then from there, the rest are footnotes and interviews and links and research. And I had, I had sources going all the way up to the Justice Department for this book. And I started in 2009. So I put the work in and I was really proud of it. I mean, there was some things that got messed up in production. There's, there's a few typos in there uh, that were created by copy editors. And, you know, there's, there's little. Hey, you got to have typos, dude, or it's not a real book. <laughs> exactly. So, so you have a book like mine, right, that. It came from a guy with no platform uh, who took the time to research it. And I was lucky that it was, it was bought fairly quickly. You know, it was literally purchased in less, less than two weeks from the moment my agent put it out there. Like it was snapped up pretty quickly. But then you have other books. Like There's this guy named Dan Schwabel, and his whole thing is personal branding. And for those of you who don't know, if you've gone and read – Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, which again, you know, came out in the 30s. And if you go and read Dan Schwabel's book, or there's another guy named Eric Wallman, same thing, uh, they're more or less regurgitating what Dale Carnegie said. And the Schwabel book just kind of came off a conveyor belt. You know, it doesn't look like there was any sort of thought involved or any sort of work involved. It just kind of, oh, hey, here's, here's a book about personal branding. And he's got another one. And you look at them very carefully and you're like, there, there's no sort of research or really anything that went on in the book. He's just more or less repackaging pleasantries and positioning himself so that he can go and collect on speakers' fees. And unfortunately, the, even my own publisher, because St. Martin's is putting out Schwabel's next book, you know, they don't care. The publishers don't look at a book like Social Media is Bullshit that was heavily researched, uh, that was done at uh, – the production of that book was a nightmare – like it was really like going through the pits of hell to to put together social media's bullshit because I, you know, there was companies that didn't want to talk to me that I spent like a year hounding until I finally got through to someone, and you know it, it's a difficult subject because this is we're talking about costing people a lot of money of a book like this, and then you look at the Schwabel book, and you're like, how can these two books be put out by the same publisher? And then you realize, oh, they don't give a shit. You know, it's it's all about the bottom line to them. So I absolutely do see a lot of BS happening, and especially among marketing and business books, where the publisher doesn't care. Like John Wiley and Son said to us, 
you have to bulk buy your book. You have to bulk buy your book in order for us to put it out. And they, if you know this, a lot of the social media marketers had books come out on Wiley and Sons imprint because of the bulk purchasing, because to them, it didn't matter. You know, they already had money from conferences and speaking fees and workshops and all the other nonsense. And so it, it really, it's all about money. No one really cares about quality control or what's being put out there for public consumption. The attitude among the publishers is, hey, if someone like Schwabell or, or Dave Kirpin, in this case, let's use him as an example, if someone like Dave Kirpin can come along and promise that he's going to bulk purchase 10,000 copies and get himself onto the New York Times bestseller list, that, that's money for us. You know, why would we say no to that? And it's just, it's a messed up industry. And if you look at the New York Times bestseller list and how it actually works, and this is, this is uh, it, it's not speculation because I can quote a couple of companies who have done the research on this. The way the New York Times bestsellers list works is that it, it's an, a faith-based system. It's a very small department within the New York Times. They get reports submitted to them from booksellers all across North America, although uh, truthfully, the Canadian market isn't really a factor in terms of the New York Times bestseller list. It's, it's just what happens here in the States. And it's entirely faith-based. So if a bookstore in Vermont says, I sold 20 copies of social media's bullshit, even if they only sold two, the New York Times would take them at their word. And so it's very easy for any sort of marketing author, because almost all of them come in with a lot of money to begin with. It's very rare that someone like me comes along and gets a marketing book uh, that comes out there where there's no resource. There was nothing. Like there's This book sold over 7,000 copies and continues to sell on nothing. There was nothing spent. No one knows who the fuck I am. And still, it's almost a year to, to the day that the book came out. Uh, no one knows who I am, and yet the book continues to sell. But you've got these other guys on, you know, on the min minority. The majority is people who come in with these resources who can go to that bookstore in Vermont and either buy the 20 copies themselves or hire someone. It's called dark polling. You know, they can hire someone to go and buy those 20 copies. As far as the New York Times goes, it's a totally legit thing. So it's an easily manipulated list, and there's a proven statistical correlation of about 51% that once you're on that list you will see an increase in sales. And it just sort of fuels this whole cycle. That's a really long answer. But, you know, yes, absolutely. This, this industry, all of these industries are corrupt in some way. And it's a shame, especially when it comes to books, because people who buy books generally are more educated and they're more receptive to information. And, and more dangerously, people who buy books are more likely to pass on that information. So you're talking about releasing crappy products to people who are very likely to pass on crappy information. You know what I find interesting too, and just just jump in here. Um, I do a lot of books that are written uh, in England, and the difference between a book in England and a book here is the English business books look like textbooks. They <laughs> right. are so incredibly researched. It's tiny text, it's pages, and there's diagrams, and it's like going to school reading a business book in in England. And you come to the states, and it's kind of like candy floss. It's like right. how short and entertaining can we make it? And gosh, I hope somebody reads one tenth of the book. So I think you know there's there's a the problem is that people in North America. Uh, we're more on the wheelie dealy side of the business well, uh, spectrum. Let me, let me let me jump in on that because yeah, I was just over I was just over in Wales um, this month at the, the the do lectures and I was there to talk about social media's bullshit. And I found very quickly a lot of people telling me that because I thought I thought that this was very much a North American problem. I you know less so in Canada. 
Uh, and I'll get back to that. I'll get to, back to that point in a second. But uh, in the UK, I thought it wasn't a problem. I thought, oh, they're you know they're so smart and you know they've they've been around the block for a very long time. And at this point, they're pretty good at picking out bullshit. And they are, but they are very much having the same problem with social media. Like they're very much inundated with these social media marketers uh, who are giving them vague pleasantries about stuff. And and so it is a problem. I mean, their textbooks, <laughs> their business textbooks, uh, they, they are very comprehensive, but they do sell a lot of American books. Uh, and, you know, social media's bullshit came out there. Uh, all of the major social media books uh, were – I was over in Heathrow Airport going through the bookstore and all of them were there. Uh, so I don't want to let them off the hook <laughs> and say – that the British don't have this problem because they, they very much do. But it's an imported problem, you think? Because yes, they're, I, they're, being, they're being misinformed from, by American books? You know, it's, it's interesting because people, people like to give America a lot of shit, and rightfully so, for our biggest export being ideas and culture. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what America manufactures these days. It, it's mm, not they manufacture so, the dream, and they right. market it very well. And we sell it to other countries. Uh, and so, yes, I do very much see it as a problem that we're importing to them. And so they are very much being affected by it. Like, I can say that with, without a shred of doubt that they do have this social media, the myth of social media out there. But the issue, the reason why it's it's so prevalent in North America and not so much over there, uh, and to a lesser extent in Canada, is because the American media has decided to go along with it. So, you know, in Canada, I noticed that the Canadian media I mean, the Toronto Star reviewed the book. I was on the CBC twice. I'm currently working with one of the CBC, one of the CBC shows that deal with small businesses and myths on a, a story involving you know, people lying through social media. I noticed that the Canadian media was so much more likely to talk about the book and share it and spread it and say, yeah, you know, there is something here. In America, that's not the case. You know, Slate, The Daily Beast, The Atlantic, Wired, The New York Observer, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, all of them had some excuse not to cover the book. Like, to an outlet of those that I identified, The New York Times and Wall Street Journal, their, their, easy, their easy out was, Brandon, we love you, we think you're very funny, we think the book is interesting, but the book has a swear word in the title, so we're not going to write about it. Well, yeah, you can't use the word bullshit in the States. Ooh, that's a bad word. <laughs> that, that's right. And so, and that was true for a lot of media outlets. We love you. We think you're funny. You swore in a title we can't cover. And so I, with that, I'm okay. But if you all look, it, it's, look, the news in America, it's not about news. It's about entertainment and selling advertisements. And they don't want to offend their advertisers. I get that. But Slate, Wired, The Daily Beast, The Atlantic, all of them, Refuse. Not we're not going to cover it because we don't have space, or we don't have time, or we don't have resources. They actively told writers because it was pitched by multiple writers, "We will not cover this book because we do not want to upset the people at Facebook." And so, in America, with our media, we don't really question social media because we don't want to lose access. We don't want to lose access to Google and Facebook. You know, Google is always putting out new toys for us to play with. Ditto with Apple. We don't want to lose access to Facebook in case they do something and they send us a lot of traffic. And what happens if that traffic goes away because we covered them in a poor light? Uh, one, the, you know, I had a lot of good reviews of the book. One of the places that did not have a good review of the book was the New Republic. And the New Republic is owned by one of the co-founders of Facebook. So you guys can do your own math on that one and decide whether or not the review was a little skewed. And so with the American media, they very much go along with the myth of social media. They don't question it. There's no critical thought. It's just, 
Gary Vaynerchuk is a self-made social media success story. Shim, my dad says, is a social media success story. Sai is a social media success story. Justin Bieber is a, a success story, even though he's a Canadian uh, social media success story. But behind all of those stories, there is so much more going on, but the American media chooses not to talk about it. The only time that they will talk about social media critically is when privacy is involved. If privacy is involved, oh yeah, oh look at MySpace and, and how these predators are looking at uh, pictures of children and look at what's going on on Facebook in terms of like your ex stalking you. They'll talk about that because that gets people's attention and gets people you know, to tune in. But they won't say, oh yeah, we were totally wrong about Gary Vaynerchuk shit. My dad says Justin Bieber and Cy, among many others. Uh, my bad. You know, they don't want to do that. Let's talk a little bit about how to use the book. Sure. Is it a book you can jump around in or is it a book that you should read cover to cover? It's a book that you should read cover to cover. And that's a problem for business books uh, because you know, here's the trick. When you, when you buy a business book, you, know, you always read the first chapter and the last chapter and then one chapter you find interesting. Uh, 90% of the time, especially among North American business books, you will know everything there is to know about the book uh, and you'll have talking points. And so that's really uh, the trick to books like that. The social media bu this bullshit is not structured like that at all. It's very much if you skip around, it's going to sound erratic and, and crazy and you're going to be like, oh, what, what? What? You very much have to. It's a short book, and it's, that's why it's so short. Is You have to read it from start to finish because everything sort of builds off of everything else. And then as you get to the end, you're like, oh, okay. Now I get why he was saying this. Like, it all sort of comes together. Okay. So for for businesses that are, you know, business people that are listening to, to the show, now they're going, oh, Jesus. You know, and I thought, <laughs> now I thought uh, I was doing the right thing. Um what should people be thinking when they're thinking social media? Obviously, it's here. It's here to stay. Yes, it does work. But is there any advice that you can give business people to help them make the right decisions? So here's, here's what I tell small businesses. It's good news in that you don't have to spend any money. It's bad news in that it's time-consuming. As people are following you on Twitter or following you online, it doesn't matter what platform it is, see if you can collect their email and phone number. And then try to have a conversation with them offline. Whether it's, you know, you talk by email and you find, oh, hey, you live in Toronto, let's meet up. Or if you get their email address and you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I come out of a, a monthly newsletter. I'd love to share that with you. That's what matters. Like the social media platforms are good for lead generation. I'm, you know, I'm not going to dispute that. But they fall off very quickly once you get away from that. And so the trick to it is just as people are coming in, you get their information and you find some way to build a relationship. Honestly, what works really well, even though it does, it does add up very quickly when it comes to cost, is getting people's mailing addresses and sending them stuff. It doesn't have to be anything comprehensive. I'm not talking about like coupons and, and flyers and shit like that. I'm saying something that's a little personalized, that's very short, that says, hey, I, you know, I know you're interested in this stuff. Why don't you come on down? We'll talk. We'll hang out. I'll show you. you know, I'll show you around the shop. And uh, that'd be great. And there are companies that will point to that and say, we have built multi-million dollar businesses by sending these personalized letters in the mail. And if you look at the presidential election here in the States, the 2012 presidential election, the story is not social media. The story is comprehensive, targeted, even hyper-targeted, some would argue, email and specialized emails going out to specialized groups of people that were highly customized 
And that's what really drove out the vote for President Obama in the, in the new election cycle. And so it's taking that personalized approach, and it is time-consuming. It's not a magic bullet, but that will lead to sales. You know, there is proof that that will lead to sales. You know, that that's uh, it's very interesting because that originally, that is the original marketing concept. That's right. All marketing is is a way to communicate to your audience about something that they may need. And how would you know if they need it unless you know them personally? That's right. And one, just, one, just one thing that I want to throw in there. Uh, because big data is such a big buzzword right now, I, what, I'm not advocating that you get crazy with that stuff. You know, I don't want you to. I don't want you to start going down that rabbit hole of okay. Now we've we've got we've got their email, phone number, and uh, mailing address. And now let's get let's get even more detailed and go. And some of that is just unnecessary for small businesses. If you just stick to the basics, you'll be okay. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Stick with the basics, and the basics aren't just doing Twitter. The basics are. Let's say you decide. Hey, you know what? I'm going to use Twitter to communicate and build relationships with people. That's fine. But please build relationships with them. Take the time to follow their tweets and retweet them. Find out more about them. Uh, research them online. Uh, see if they're a good fit. See if they're ever going to buy your product. Because, you know, there's a wonderful book out called, um, it's quite old, um, called Getting to Stop. And that book, the whole premise of the book is, look, at meet somebody, research them, and find out if, the, if they'll ever buy your product. If they're not, don't spend time with them unless you want to become their friend. And if you want to do business with them and they're never going to buy your, your product, don't waste your time. Move on That's to right. people that believe in you. So I think it's the same thing with social media. I think the biggest value social media brings to the business community is the ability for the business community to listen to what they're saying about their products and what they're saying about their industry so they can custom tailor um products that fit the what people are asking for and complaining about it's like geez i wish my toaster did this and oh my god i'm so pissed off with my toaster because it doesn't do that how come i can't customize my toaster this way and then produce a toaster that solves those problems then you'll sell toasters well there's, there's one there is one caveat to that yes uh, so back in 1997 uh, at&t laboratories there's a gentleman by the name of will hill uh who was talking about essentially participation inequality on the web. Uh, it's also known as the one, I always refer to it as the 1% rule, but it refers to participation in equality. And what he pointed out, and we've factually proven this across every platform that's come out, that the people who do the most talking represent like the 1%. You know, they're very much a vocal minority. And so it's not to say not to listen to those people because you absolutely should, but you do have to be careful of not going too far down that rabbit hole if it starts leading you away from what your other customers are saying. You kind of have to listen to everybody and not just the people online. No, that makes sense. I think you have to be, um, you have to understand that there's a thing called a community and those, that community are the advocates and the consumers for that particular product. I think uh, Campbell's Soup did a wonderful job. Many, many years ago, they did a bunch of research and they found out that 80% of their product was from 20% of their customer base. So they took a billion dollars out of their multi-billion dollar market and rewarded that 20%, and they had an 80% increase in sales. So that is just smart marketing. That's just looking at what's going on and saying, look, we should be rewarding the community that supports us. And 
all the other people, that's nice, and we tell them about our product, but until they become part of our community, who cares? That's right. I totally agree. Uh, what can people do to learn more about your book and to educate themselves? Well, they can visit socialmediasbullshit.com. Uh, if you're in Canada, I, I want to I want to say thank you, uh, particularly to the people in Canada who have bought the book because that really seems to be like, and I and I anticipated this because I, I spent a lot of time on the northern border uh, up in St. Lawrence County in New York, just south about an hour and a half of Ottawa. And I sort of anticipated that this would happen, and then I was pleasantly surprised to, to see it actually work out the way I thought it would. But in Canada, there seems to be such love for this book, and I've been really happy with that. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you are in Canada and you've picked up the book, thank you. And if you haven't, uh, hang on. Oh, that's your happy clock. <laughs> this thing drives me crazy. <laughs> uh, and if you, haven't picked up, if you haven't picked up the book in Canada... Uh, check it out because your, your fellow countrymen seem to really like this book. Um, so socialmediasbullshit.com is the best place you can go to read about it. But I, I'm always accessible. That's one thing I always tell people. Uh, my phone number is 518-832-9844. Uh, you can call me anytime unless I'm like in a meeting or something. I will always pick up. And you can email me at bj at bjmendelson, M-E-N-D-E-L, SON.com anytime. Uh, my whole thing is if you've bought the book or if you have questions about the book, I want to be available almost 24-7 to talk to you because I think that's important. I think you know when we talk about social media and, and really getting the most out of it, that's really how you get the most out of it is being accessible. And so I want to be that guy. You know, look, like I said, I am not the, tr the traditional business author in any sense. I, I have no platform. There was no marketing budget for this book. Uh, it's sold purely by word of mouth, which they think is an amazing thing. And so I, I think what drives that in part is by being friendly, being accessible, asking and answering tough questions. And I want to continue that. So I hope people pick up the book and then give me a call. Uh, yeah, and I think also the, the title, Social Media is Bullshit. I think there's a lot of people out there that are sick and tired of hearing people say, it's the answer, it's the answer. And think, yeah, yeah, but but it doesn't seem to work for me, so why? Is right. it me? Is it something I'm doing wrong? I feel bad about myself. And it's not. It's, it's yeah, you kind of, you're doing it wrong because you're not reading the right material. And then once you read the right material, and the problem is there's so much material out there that it's impossible to find it, uh, that once you really understand that it's all about strategy, it's about marketing in the fundamental sense, then, and look at it just as a tool then you're going to be okay. But don't look at social media as the be-all and end-all because if you do, then you're failing. And it's if if you have that attitude, then it's your own fault that you're failing at social media. That's right. I couldn't have said any better myself. Geez, you know, I, I, I think I'll write a book. Quotes from Bob. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any plans for a second book? Like, the book industry is bullshit? Uh, That'd um, be a hard one to flog, huh? I want to write a book saying that the book industry is, is bullshit. So, okay, so I, I can give you, so I can't go into too many specifics. So I'm, I'm working on something with, um, with NBC, and I think I can safely say that. Uh, and this, I can't really talk about what we're covering just yet, although it is along, along the lines of the book. Uh, and it really turns an eye on the media. And so their position, and this goes along with, could you write a book calling out the book business? Uh, th their position has been, you know, 
we're the media and we're calling bullshit on the media. And so it's been a very slow process, uh, and which is cool because I'm just excited to see it actually come together. Uh, so there's been some question as to, like, if I do another book, how do you do that in such a way that you can, one, get away with it and, and like, call out the book business or call out, uh, call out the media and then have the media cover it? Like, there was a book that came out called It's Not News, It's FARC. Uh, <laughs> by Drew Curtis of FARC.com. He was, he was the founder of FARC.com. And only one outlet, Jack Schaefer, I think he was at Slate at the time, but don't hold me to that. There was only one outlet that covered the book because it was calling out the media. And so I, there's, there's a lot. I mean, like, I, you know, I, a lot of people, and again, I'm very transparent. There's no surprises with me. That there's no secrets. Uh, you know, I'm not secretly a multimillionaire like Gary Vaynerchuk before I started this whole thing. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned a lot of people know I'm going in for heart surgery, and uh, so I've got that. And I really want to write this book called Dracula and Kittens, and you can go to my website, and the first chapter is actually up on there. Dracula it's and Kittens? Dracula and Kittens. And it's just meant to be this absolutely ridiculous, silly retelling of Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I just think it's funny. And so I'm kind of torn in the direction of, well, maybe – because here's the thing. When you call out – Anyone, especially uh, the social media industry or, or an industry like it where it's kind of self-serving and self-congratulatory, you have to deal with a tremendous amount of shit. Like you have to deal constantly nonstop with BS and it gets really nasty. And so I'm kind of like, all right, I've been doing this for almost a year now. I've called, I've called out all the major players. You know, I've, I've already identified all the problems. What more could I do? without exasperating the problem. So a friend of mine is a behavioral psychologist, and he said to me, you know, the harder you go after these people, the more likely you are to create more of them. Uh, so I'm just in this weird, I guess this is like a long way of saying, I'm just in this weird situation of, I've got all these things going on, and I'm not sure if you call, if you write a book calling out the media or, or, the, or you know, in the book business, what would happen? Are people even going to know what exists? And then, you know, I'm going in for this heart procedure, and it's pretty serious, and... Uh, you have to really take a step back and go, well, is this what I want to be writing about the rest of my life? Or do I want to write silly, funny things? Because that's really my background is writing funny things and making them spread virally. Uh, so I don't know. I, I really, I honestly don't know at this point. I'm just sort of uh, rambling to give you an answer. I hope okay. I, I answered somewhat. Well, I, I think you could always uh, pitch the onion and see if you <laughs> get a column. I did. I did actually pitch them. Uh, so I guess like I could always do that again. Well, you should write a book called The Onion is Bullshit. Oh, it's well, right. It is. That's what's so funny about it. That would be good. Um, <laughs> Brandon, thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Everybody, social media is bullshit. It is and it isn't. Find out how by reading the book. Thanks for coming on and I'd uh, love to have you come on again and talk about something else. That would be absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And you have fun with the surgeons. Oh, thank you. I will. That was an awesome book. We have some great new books and authors for you to meet in the coming shows, and I know you will enjoy them immensely. You can contact me directly at contactbob.tell or visit our website at www.businessbooktalk.com. See you next week. <laughs>